Welcome back to the No Clue Podcast, episode 175. We are back to cover the playoffs. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Mike. I'm Tyler. Welcome back. A uh, lot to get into. Yes. First two games, every every series has played their first two games. At the time of recording, we were recording on Friday. Um, Atlanta and Miami play today. And Milwaukee and Chicago and Phoenix and New Orleans play after we're recording, so mm-hmm. we're not going to get too deep into that, um, into those series. Uh, touch on them a little bit, but we don't want to get too deep because obviously, yeah. right after we record, everything's going to change. So if you're listening yeah. to this, you're probably listening to this after those games have happened. We haven't seen them yet, so just want to give that warning out real quick. Um, first, let's get into Boston and Brooklyn, man. Yes. This is the obviously the most exciting series, the best matchup probably we could even ask for in these playoffs. Um, this is a rematch from last year. They it's, battled. It's looking entirely different. A lot different. Jalen Brown was not healthy last year. Um, and obviously Brooklyn did not have the hardened trade package that they got. And Kyrie wasn't fully healthy in that series either, if I'm not mistake out oh maybe he was i don't know because he was he looked real healthy against milwaukee before messing up his ankle i remember right right yeah so So maybe he was healthy in the boston one that's right okay where do you want to start uh game one and two i could i mean there's not much difference to me at least no me neither i'm gonna say about it so you can just get get right into both games boston looks really good uh at times I think both games, Boston started out slow. Second game, they started out with a lot of turnovers. I thought they played bad in the first half, at least. I uh, can make a case they, they haven't really played good offensive basketball. Right, offensive, they have not. No. But they finished. They didn't finish well in the first game either. All right, let's go to game one. Let's start with game one. Game one. What do <clears> you think <throat> about as far as the game was going? Um, as the game went on, what, did, what were you thinking? <laughs> well, my first thought, I mean, wow, KD, how loose can we get with the basketball? <laughs> right. Again, that's something that happened in both games, big time. And, and yeah, this was the common theme. As Boston is struggling offensively, they're still getting easy baskets. Right. Turnovers. They're getting out in transition. I mean, Brooklyn's just not guarding anybody at times. Yep. Everybody for Boston looks big. True. They're, they're getting rebounds. They're getting energy plays. I mm-hmm. just I felt Boston's energy so much more than Brooklyn's through the through these first two games. I did as well, big time. Big time. The the funny thing also about um, Brooklyn's as far as their energy goes, it seemed like they had. At times, they were playing like they had something to prove, but they weren't really sure what it was that they needed to prove, if that makes sense. I, I, like, I, I could, think so. I could see them, yeah, I could see them saying, all right, they're checking us this kind of way. We're going to show them that they can't guard us that way, but we're going to do it with Bruce Brown. Like, I, that's not, we don't, you don't need to prove to us that Bruce yeah. Brown is a capable starter or someone who can take over the game against the Boston Celtics because everyone knows there's nothing to prove there. You know what I'm saying? Yep. 
Um, so the turnovers were were bad, but then the, most of the, the big difference was Boston was forcing the Nets into turnovers, and Boston was just having unforced errors. Yeah. Their turnovers were just they were just losing the ball, um, bad passes, uh, and but then you know what I'll say the the mindset was right. For who? For Boston. I thought a lot of the yeah, past turnovers, like, I don't mind guys that aren't elite playmakers making mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that was the big thing. Like, Tatum is looking to make extra passes or find guys. He's not going to be perfect at it. Right. So, but again, I, I saw them trying to make the right play, trying to play together. Brooklyn was entirely different. Yeah, so still talking about game one, yeah. Boston came out. They had a pretty good lead at one point. I want to say it was an eight-point lead, and then Brooklyn went on a really good run and uh, brought the game, obviously, to uh, a one-point game. You know, towards the I, I would say Kyrie game. Irving did that. I don't know about yeah. Brooklyn. I thought Drogic helped a lot. He did. He, he's played good this series so far. Yeah, very well. Mm-hmm. But... um. I thought Kyrie Irving at one point was just unstoppable. He was. And the problem is... <laughs> I'm not going to go on the Durant rant today. But the others did what they were supposed to do. In game one, everyone did what they were supposed to do except for Kevin Durant. That's all I can really say. I think Kyrie You're did exactly what he was right. supposed to do. I think Drummond has played great in both these games i think drum has done everything they he was asked to do of this team he hasn't played outstanding like beyond his his you know slightly above average level you're right but um <laughs> we were just missing the guy who's supposed to... right slim yeah. reaper tarantula where are you at right and i'll make and... a another point about game one i thought the fourth quarter uh-huh. Uh, again, Boston is not playing well offensively, and yet right. Jalen Brown is straight to the rim. Marcus mm-hmm. Smart straight to the rim. Like, and and I'm what you know. I, I notice things like this. Kyrie Irving is just letting people go by. Yeah, back three. I think it was three possessions in a row. Jalen Brown takes him spin layup. Mm-hmm. Okay, the help was there. It was a tough finish. We'll take yeah. it. Marcus Smart right past him layup. Next play, Marcus Smart right past him. Awful shot. Who's rebounding? Al Horford. Because Marcus Smart got a free drive. Yep. Al Horford's man helps. He's there for rebounds. Yep. I didn't even see effort from Kyrie Irving to get stops. It's a good point. <clears throat> good point. Very, very, very good point. And last so, possession is proof, by the way. That whole game winner. Yeah. The, the last possession... Well, to your point, when Boston did face adversity towards the end of that game, which, like I said, they were up for a while, and then Kyrie took over. Uh, when they did face that adversity, they just went to being aggressive. And that's one thing I think, I don't know if it's Udoka or if it's just the team. Sometimes, you know, I definitely was on the train of break them up, obviously. But I think that if... So many people never got on that wave of screaming to break Tatum and Brown up. I don't think they that they have, they would have had the will to change. Like if we haven't been 
if they didn't know that people were saying that they needed to break up the team, I don't think they ever would have thought, all right, look, we need to figure this out and become a better yeah. team. Regardless of Udoka, whatever he said, because coaches have been telling them to play together for the last three years. Nothing has changed until we start threatening the team with collapse that they started to change. I would say Boston and another playoff team, like the coaching change, even if it wasn't an upgrade, was necessary. Mm-hmm. It was. And it's showing because the team is just clicking. And another team I'll get into a little bit later. Yeah, and, and my point was, um, the point I was going to make is, in the past, when facing adversity, they say, okay, let's play through Tatum. Tatum, just take over. Brown, just take over. We're just going to play one-on-one and get these baskets back. Play basically king of the court, you know, in the whole fourth quarter. But now I see them, everyone attacks. Let's just attack. Let's just keep being aggressive. Let's get to the line. Let's get into the paint, and then let's kick it out. They're making... They're playing stronger and upping their energy towards the basket now when they face adversity, which is the right thing to do. You don't face adversity and then try to just shoot your way out of the game. I mean, back into the game. That's not how you do it. And I guess we could kind of get into game two now, but I think one thing that hasn't been like made enough of a point about Mm -hmm. Marcus Smart's, I don't know if this even makes sense, but his like leadership momentum has them playing just better and better. Mm. Okay. I mean, him, him on that final possession in game one, making the extra pass. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm, I watched the game with my friend, and me and him both, once the kickout goes to him, I'm like, all right, Smart's going to decide this game. <laughs> yeah. And he pump fakes. Mm-hmm. He pump fakes, makes the perfect decision, and then following game, he wins defensive player of the year. Yeah, and and to be honest, I didn't think that was a good decision. Like, in real time, I was like, why is he passing it to Tatum? He needs to go score the basket. I like, know. With only .9 seconds left. The timing, left I thought, get... was late. I, I really, for for first couple seconds, I thought Tatum didn't get it off in time. Yeah, I, when, when he scored it, I knew he got it off in time, but I was like, yo, why is he passing it with one second on the clock? What is Tatum going to do with it? And then, you know... Yeah, he hit the quick spin. That was super clutch. Just all around. That was like a team clutch. It was. It's definitely a legendary. If they win this series, this would be that'll be one of the most legendary shots in yeah. in playoff history. And Udoka made a great point to like he didn't want the Nets to match up. Right. And it showed yeah. the Nets were a complete disaster on that final play. Yeah, and uh I think it was I want to say it was Jalen Rose made this point that no, was it Jalen? I don't want to. I don't want to get it wrong. Whoever made the point, but if they had missed that, they would have had another timeout. If the Nets got it back, let's say they didn't call the timeout because if they had scored, they got a shot off, and the Nets got it, they could foul and get another timeout. Yeah. After that, because they were thinking, let's go for a quick shot, and it just didn't work out that way. Right. <laughs> Obviously, I think Udoka left it in the team's hands to call the timeout if they if they couldn't figure anything out, which was a great move by a coach. And let's be clear, Udoka had nothing to do with that last play other than not calling a timeout. Of course not. Yeah, I think a lot of, you know, the media always makes it seem like, yo, Udoka's doing a great job. He won that game. 
no, no. That game was pure IQ and pure yep. uh, talent by Boston. So shout out to them for that. So now we get to game two. And you summarized game one. And there's a lot of parallels to the next game. Yeah. Boston played a lot better in game one than they did in game two. To me. Yeah. Defensively, mm-hmm. second half, I'd say game two was better. Mm-hmm. Um, but... That that last possession in game one to get a stop, by the way, just top tier. Yep. Top tier. Um so we get to game two. And let yeah. me just let me just paint the scene of what Brooklyn is facing here. Drogic is playing like prime basketball right now. Yeah. To the point where this happened twice. If it happened once, I wouldn't have said anything. It happened twice. He gets the ball in transition. He attacks Jalen Brown, one of the most athletic players in the league, straight at his chest. It elevates over him to get an N1. Yeah, huge so, play. So Dragic, and we know this about him, has no problem with the physicality. Nope. Or pressure. Or pressure. So what do you have, 16, 18 points, something like that? 18 in game two, yeah. 18 points. Mm-hmm. Um, Drummond's the best rebounder in the series, so he's not having issues with the physicality. Right. Um, this game, he fa- he got in foul trouble, and then Nash just decided to just not play him for most of the second half. We'll get to Nash. Uh, okay. <laughs> we will get to Nash. Well, yeah. I want to sum up what the players are doing. Okay, Seth Curry okay. had a phenomenal game. Yep, he played good. Uh, attacked attack guys in isolation situations. Good defenders. Yeah, don't, he, don't he really had a lot see of him, shots. Don't see him struggling with physicality. Right, and I, I think that compared to game one, he had to be a lot more aggressive with three with shooting threes. I mean, he shot six threes in this game. I, I didn't look how many he shot in the first game, but in game I don't one, think he shot that many. In game one, I remember he hit a couple early on. Yeah, and then he just really wasn't involved towards the later portion of the game exactly so that was a big i think that was an intentional switch by the team for him to be um a lot more aggressive shooting to spread the floor and and he's been a reliable player we everybody was high on the fact that they got him in the trade package yeah him and drummond yeah he only took four threes in the first game one for four so um, it, Bruce Brown had the game of probably his life. Absolutely. On the both first ends. half. Didn't he have 16 in the first yeah. half or yeah. quarter? One I think it was games. like 12 in the first quarter. 12 in the first quarter, yeah. First, like six, first nine points of the game, I think. Only guy this entire series who's taken the Tatum challenge, by the way. Yeah. Only guy, and that kills me. But okay, you got the from your main energy guy. You got a great performance. I, I can't. I don't understand why the league can't figure Bruce Brown out. What do you mean? Like he just eats against everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. he's not that good. But for I, I understand anyway. He'll he'll be one of those guys that plays great on this team. Then they trade him and he'll be out of the league. And I would not be surprised <laughs> at all. Like Damari Carroll, like we talked about the other day. Exactly. Fantastic one season with this with a squad. And Bruce Brown gone. is gonna get paid if he keeps playing like this. Obviously, may not be by Brooklyn, but yeah, he will. But um, and then we uh, who am I missing? Patty Mills. Uh, Patty Mills has contributed when he's come in. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. I thought Claxton played pretty well. Yeah, Claxton does what he does: block shots, contests, get some inside layups. His blocks were timely in this game, for sure. Big, yeah. timely blocks. Timely so just rebound. just to sum up, we got sixty fifty seven points from Seth, Goran Dragic, and Bruce Brown. If my math is right, uh, I think you're right. Yeah, fifty seven points. That's that's more than enough from my supporting cast. Mm-hmm. By the way, I I don't have an explanation. Again, none of that surprised me. By the way, okay. What also didn't surprise me is Kyrie just decided not to show up to work. <laughs> I don't yeah. have an explanation for why Kyrie decided to be a role player in this game. Mm-hmm. Nothing was done by Boston to make that a thing, right? And yet, Kyrie just didn't want to be involved. <laughs> right. So we get to the best pl- the best player in the world to, to some people. <laughs> yeah. 27 points. For those who look straight at the stats, 27 points. Wow. It's not like he didn't get the fucking calls, right? <laughs> if we're looking at the box score. Right. So it's not like they were just hacking and the refs let it. Like a lot, I see a lot of people saying Boston's just like fouling and they're letting it go. They're but, not really letting it go. Right. The thing is, his box score is probably one of the most bizarre box scores I've ever seen. Four for 17, one for two from three, 18 for 20 from the free throw line. <laughs> uh four rebounds, six turnovers, five fouls, minus 10 from the floor. He's he's tied for NBA lead in playoff lead in turnovers, by the way. Yeah. KD, he, most efficient player where? He led the team in minus, by the way, in this game. I mean, everybody Kyrie didn't show up. He did that all year, by the way. He didn't show up right. most of the year if you forgot. So, <laughs> this didn't surprise me. Right. I just didn't have an explanation for it. KD, like, you want to be called the best player in the world. I'm looking at a whole roster strapping you. Yeah, taking turns. I've never seen that. Like, I've criticized LeBron, Kobe, you know, Giannis, any of these guys. Yeah. None of them have come close to, to looking like a roster can guard them. This looked like one of those drills... It looked like a defensive drill for Boston, and and KD was just the assistant coach that did the yeah <laughs> the uh, exactly. fake offense just exactly. to run the play. Fake offense is what it fucking looked like. Yeah, I mean KD, we're losing the ball against everyone. Yeah, everyone, we can't get by a soul. <laughs> nope. What nope. what is going on? I mean, you're not Derek White is keeping you from getting to your spot. Grant Williams he, is keeping you from getting to your spot. He lost the ball due to Grant Williams 30 feet from the basket. Grant Williams made him turn the ball over, made him he's, cough he's it up. Honestly, 30 feet he's shook. Basket. He looked shook. He played awful in game one, and he legitimately looked scared in game two. Yeah. I mean, at a critical point when Boston's coming back in the game, oh, you mentioned the free throws that he couldn't miss. He, by the yeah. way, misses two straight. Yep. 
at the point when they were getting like four straight turnovers on him and wouldn't let him do anything. Yeah, if he had made those two, it would have been... It actually might have been a different game if he had made those two because it was like a really important part of the game. Yep. It was when he was trying to bring him back and he just wasn't. And, and what's bizarre to me is KD was awful in game one. He's awful and he's even worse in game two. And mm-hmm. it's still high pick and roll or uh, mid-post isolation. And because yeah. KD can't handle the physicality, it's three-point isolation. And then, you know, a lot of the media had the nerve to have KD on their, like, all-defense this year. Like, <laughs> have you seen the scoring box score for the Celtics? Everyone was in double digits. Everyone. Derek White... Derek White is the only player who got in this game that wasn't in double digits. Bro, Grant Williams didn't even miss. <laughs> didn't even miss. He was wide open all game. Yeah. He's like the best <laughs> three-point corner shooter in the fucking league. Why do we got to close out on him? I didn't even know he didn't miss. <laughs> he was perfect, now. bro. Yeah, six... Uh, <laughs> Four for four, six for I, six from the line. I literally said, I said uh, before the series, KD's got to be a defender. Yeah, you did. And he hasn't even tried. Nope. And what's bizarre is Tatum is in front of his face, begging him to take the challenge. Yep. And he's just like, nah, I'm not doing that. Do you remember our two keys to Brooklyn winning this? Kyrie has to be a playmaker. Yeah, and KD being a defender, right? Yep. Kyrie had one assist in this game. One assist in 40 minutes. One. Kyrie, I thought we were matching energy. I thought we were one assist, the dark side. How do you have one assist? 107 points. You have one assist? This is bizarre. Claxton had more assists than him in this in this game. And KD, by the way, KD with his passing selection, like we get it, you can make the pocket pass in the pick and roll. Is, is yeah. there no other pass you can make? Right. Every cross court pass is off. It's late. It's slow. Like KD is six eleven. We're I know we're seeing the floor. Yep. And let's talk about the real hero of this game. Peyton Pritchard came in and cooked every single person that came out there to guard him. Everybody. Yeah. Didn't matter who it was. If you're coming out to guard me, I'm cooking you. He made. He did, I mean, what's bizarre is he made two bad plays and saw yeah. Claxton on him on the third play and said, I'll, "I'm going to work." Yeah. He pulled a <laughs> Jeremy Lin. <laughs> and then the step back the waved step everyone back three out. Was a huge shot. Yeah. It the was. fact that he took it, I I immediately was like, yo, savage. The fact that he was in in the fourth quarter was savage. 100%. Horford fouled out of this game, but, I mean, Pritchard held it down. But look at the rest of Boston's roster. <laughs> Luke Cornett, I don't oh, know who dude, M. Fitz is. I've been clowning the end of their bench like since I've been seeing it, because I don't know who some of those dudes are. I know Nick Stauskas. What was his nickname again? I don't remember. 
<laughs> it was something hard. He went off in the G League, I remember, not long ago. Yeah, he did. Another, uh, um, oh, Sauce Castillo. That's what it was. Good for him. Uh, he probably would have came in here and gave Durant buckets, too. Anyway, Boston looks fantastic. and I think yes. Boston second half looked absolutely fantastic in this game. First half was gross. And they still... Were they still up at the half? No, they were down. Brooklyn was up 10. Up 10, right. You remember there was a key late... They were up like 17 or something. And yeah. then Tatum gets a steal bat bucket on KD. Yep. Um, then... He sees KD checking him, pulls up in his eye, drains it. Long story short, <laughs> a 17-point deficit turns into 10. Meanwhile, uh, the broadcast is not slick, playing Marcus Smart. D- during the time Boston's playing like trash, Marcus Smart is mic'd up telling the whole team, we're good, we got this. Yep. Like... Yeah. Because they knew they were telling, playing bad and still in the game. It should have been a 25-point game. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, so we will see what happens. Robert Williams is returning on Saturday, tomorrow, for us. KD might be seeing ghosts out there if Robert Williams is back. Yeah, there's it's no just, driving. No yeah, driving. you're not getting layups. and For some reason, there's always... He said himself, KD's words... Seems like two to three people are always contesting me. Now it's going to be two to three people blocking your shot. He does <laughs> exactly. more than contesting. Tatum's yeah. done enough, more than enough of that already. And, you know, I know I realize I'm like one of the last people who respect Andre Drummond in the league, like in the world, probably. I'm one of the last he people. might be, yeah. But this was, this was the game to get him involved. And they decide to... Go with like Durant at the five at times. Claxton played twenty three minutes. Patty Mills, I obviously I've I've been on here saying I'm a Patty Mills lover, but this wasn't the game for him to be to play eighteen minutes either. He can't check uh, anybody on the other team. He can't, as, as I would I could have told you. He can't. This was the game I think that they really could have got Drummond involved and made use of him. Especially the way Horford was hacking, the way uh, Tice was hacking. I mean, they could have got more shots at the line. They could have got more, you know, second chance shots. They didn't get a lot of second chance points. So, I mean, so you're talking about a team. You're you're absolutely right, and it seems like they would know that. But you're talking about a team, no real point guard, coached by coached a real by point what? guard. <laughs> Which is weird, coached by a real point guard. This is, I don't understand these point guards coaching teams without point guards. Ty Lue and Steve Nash. I mean, Ty Lue did a good job this year, so I'm not saying it negative to him. But how do you go out in the game and not have a point guard on the floor knowing that how important your position was? Steve Nash would not even be playing if he wasn't one of the greatest point guards ever because he was one of the least athletic players maybe to ever play. I don't think he's coaching, to be honest with you. Who's coaching, Amari? <laughs> I don't think anybody's coaching. Kyrie's <laughs> own words. Kyrie's own words. We don't need a coach. No, we don't have a coach. We, do, we can do we this thing coach. ourselves. We coach ourselves. The moment Kyrie called, yo, challenge that. 
Nash says, yes, sir. <laughs> I told you that told me everything I needed to know. He said, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm exaggerating the yes, sir part. But dude, seriously, uh... Kyrie blatantly fouls. Kyrie blatantly fouls. He begs yeah. them to challenge. And he challenges yeah. without hesitation? That was – it was one of the dumbest challenges of the whole playoffs so far. And there's been a number of dumb challenges. It has. Yeah. I mean, I seriously – again, we're just running. KD's playing like absolute trash, and we're feeding him isos. Yep. That's all we did to try to figure it out. Also, he hasn't eaten today, and we're feeding him isos. Like, you know – no, not saying that is a big effect, but for them to use that as an excuse, oh, we don't know if Kyrie's going to have all the energy to do that, but let's pretend like he does after he's already playing bad. I mean, yeah, Kyrie was just standing around in the second game. He was. It was just bizarre, bro. Again, I didn't see any changes. The entire last know. second half, blowing the lead, and we're just KD Kyrie, KD Kyrie. You notice every time they went to Seth, bucket. Dragic, bucket. Bruce Brown, bucket. Yeah. And then, and most of the shots Katie and Kyrie took just weren't even good shots. No. Not only were they just not making them, they weren't good all. shots. Not at all. I don't remember. I can't remember like a tough layup they made in the game. And and for D'Antoni. For D'Antoni, Nash, and Amari. Oh to be on your staff, and Jacques Vaughn to be on your staff, and you guys not run a good pick and roll the entire game, it's just, it's just blasphemous. Like, what did you guys do your entire career? Oh. That was the that was the only play they had on Phoenix. They had no other plays. Nash's stats would have been cut in half minimum if he couldn't run pick and rolls. And I, I saw none. And then you take your center out of the game. Oh, dude. It Claxton, was just bad. It was I mean, bad. anybody who's ever played basketball can get through a, a Nick Claxton screen. It's it's easy. He's paper thin. Yeah, I mean, and challenging set, him at the basket, nobody fears him. No, they don't. And they and he's the worst free throw shooter in the league. So it's like, go for it. That's and, that's and just, I think at one point they were just fouling him anyway, and. Even um yeah, was they it Van did Gundy? Once or twice. Was it Van Gundy that said just they should just hack a Claxton for the rest of the game? Yeah. So, anyway, we got more games, <laughs> more games. Shout out to Boston, you guys look great. Hope you get that three zero, and let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, who's next? Who you want to talk about next? Let's go to the other two seven. Okay. Memphis and Minnesota. Memphis we are is up fresh. 2-1. We are fresh off of seeing Minnesota just throw their series momentum in the fucking trash. And blow the worst uh worst uh comeback in franchise history. Worst comeback in playoff history. Uh, it is honestly insane to blow a twenty point lead twice in one game. Yeah. Twenty six point lead. Well, that is that is just mind blowing to me. Twenty six, I think twenty like three was the record, and they blew a twenty six point lead. 
So really, you know, almost a 30-point lead. With Again, Memphis not even playing well. Not at That's, all. I, I don't think Morant has played very well at all. No. Especially he offensively. He hasn't. But you look at this last game, and I think game one and two were kind of, you know, one team got the blowout, the other team got the blowout. Yeah. It, yeah. it kind of depended on the energy both times, yeah. so there's not really much to deep dive. Yeah, the the Memphis win was just Memphis winning at home. I mean, it was right. just... It was just a good home win. That that happens. Yeah. We get this to this game. Though. Yeah. Again, Morant probably had his worst game, I would say. It was bad. I, I honestly, I, I had half a mind that Morant was trying to throw the game in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I mean, he was attacking guys, not even trying to finish. Yeah, he was. Just like, I'll go through you like, yo... It's not like you're going against, like, point guards. I know. He was pretending like he was going to go through him, and then he'd just lay on the ground after every layup. Yep. And just throw it up. He was going left every time, and he'd just throw it up with his left hand and fall on the ground. That was the that was the play. Yeah, like, I mean, where's the control? Where's IQ? We're just, just forcing oh, he just, drives. Control just isn't his game anyway. But, I mean... Even when even in good games, I think he lacks control. That's why when they ha- they do face adversity, this is what we get as far as his shooting goes. Everything else was good, other than the shooting. Yeah, well, I, I just think turnovers. the the scary thing about him not having control is even if he improves his shooting, he'll never be a good shooter. Right, because he's gonna take bad shots. Mm-hmm. That fucking corner pump fake. And then the guy didn't even really fly by him, and he just took it anyway. And that was the only, like, real jumper he took. Yeah. I was like, dude, now? Yeah. That was crazy. The lane, by the way, was wide open. I mean, I'm sure somebody would have helped, but who cares? Uh, He'd already be 50 inches off the ground by the time somebody helped. (laughs) So, again, Morant doesn't play well, and you're blowing, like, you're getting destroyed. Yeah. Which... No surprise, Memphis was great without Morant all year. Yeah, and that, actually, the truth is, no one on Memphis played well. Not really, as far as like the guys no who they really need to play well. I mean, I, I thought Clark played phenomenal. Clark stepped up. He did. And Tyus Jones stepped up too. Three guys. Tyus Jones was the second one, and the one of the best. Shooters in the league. Bain? Yeah. But the reason why I don't say Bain is because he took 15 threes, dude. That's, he was that's just... what we got to do. <laughs> they're, Tyler, I'm jacking. one of the best shooters in the league. I'm coming off the pin down, and they're not there. What am I going to do? 15... But he... If you take 15 threes, you need to make... He made almost half of them! But he was all... Like, he made a good chunk of them like in a row you mean like three in a row at one point in the fourth but quarter that, he was like two for eight in the fourth but he made a lot of them in the fourth <laughs> quarter though he did it, the, the ones he did make were big he played very good timely basketball but i didn't think he played that good overall i, I didn't think he did but I'm i thought he just missed shots he forced a couple but again mm-hmm. your best player is not playing well dylan brooks 
up until that last shot was non-existent. Dylan Brooks was horrible. Horrendous. Horrible. Just a mess. Kyle Anderson might as well not have even came to the game. Jaron Jackson, I don't know who told him he was like a really good shooter. But I don't I don't understand his shot selection at all. At all. And then Every shot is like too rushed. Yeah, it is. And obviously, um, Ja and then yeah, I think Clark Jones and Bain definitely played the best for Memphis. And, they were Clark, they were the reason they came back for sure. To Morant's credit, um, he's got phenomenal chemistry with Clark. He does. Like the timing of their passes to one another, uh, their feel for where the other guy is. Real, they play really well together. Yeah, they do. They do. And he shot from the free throw line for his shot to be that ugly. He shot eight for eight. I mean. All really big free throws. Yep. Huge free throws. Yep. And he's everywhere. Rebounds. You he's know, an energy guy. Outlet guy. Playing guys, on the yeah. perfect or for the perfect team. He's he's someone that would help every team in the league. Absolutely. Yeah, he's great. So I, I will say Clark Clark did play good, and I do think Tyus Jones played good. Bain was okay. Everyone else played. He made really big bad. shots. He might have not played great, but he did make big shots. Really big shots. I, I like really, how he really shoots big. the ball too. Like some about his release is just real. Like he's got a good uh, shooter release to like really get it off a lot. Yeah, as <laughs> as big and strong as he is, I mean, yeah, that's true. It's probably so easy. Yeah, it probably feels like a you know a paper ball throwing it up there. So um, we get to the inexperienced team that yeah. doesn't have a ton of playoff experience. Outside of select players on the roster. Just uh, Beasley, Prince, and Beverly are the only ones who've ever been in the playoffs, right? Cat also. Oh, yeah, once. Right, once. And it shows that it's only been once. Yeah. And he had a lot of help that time. I I really... That's my only focus so far. Because... Anthony Edwards has taken too many jumpers. He's playing kind of up and down. He's a second-year player. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't surprise me at all. I, I think they could have went to him more. And I didn't see, from a leadership standpoint, I didn't see anyone demanding him step up in the fourth quarter. When they really needed it, I like forgot he was out there in the fourth quarter. He didn't take a lot of shots. You're right. He didn't touch get a lot of touches at all he was just running up and down the court for most of the fourth quarter so i thought that was pretty bad but keep going i mean guys are out there part of the reason he's not touching the ball is guys are chucking that's true yeah who told this team everyone could shoot at any point who told told this team that patrick beverly is an iso threat like he ran like four isos to end the game all Patrick Beverly ISOs. Bizarre. They honestly, not, it looked like Brooklyn isn't coached. This game didn't look very good for Memphis, coaching-wise. Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota. Minnesota. I mean, yeah, you're giving up, you're blowing back-to-back leads multiple times in the game. You're not calling a timeout when the team is playing awful. Yep. You know and it's I mean? not like you have a, a roster that is used to adversity to come back from. Right. You just have a bunch of young guys that know they're getting beat, know that know they're down. Yep. And 
Yeah. And so. Kenny Smith in the with the TNT crew made a great point. Like I'm not I'm not give, as the point guard I'm not giving up 21 straight points. Right. I'm calling a timeout. Like we got to figure something out. Yeah. And Kenny Smith wasn't that good of a point guard. <laughs> right. Just like how do you watch your team just get obliterated and not do anything? Yeah. That that was just shocking to me and it just again, we're just taking jumpers all day and we get to the best player on the team, quote unquote. <laughs> also the best big man shooter to ever live. Only took one three in this entire game. Cat, pivotal game three, four shots. Yeah. Oh, I was oh I was in foul trouble. Thirty-three minutes. You weren't in that much foul trouble. He was in foul trouble both the games. I mean, he knew he was going to be in foul trouble. He knew. He knew. And he has the fucking nerve, by the way, after the game. To get offended and say like next question when they ask him about the fouls. Bro, if you're supposedly the best player on the team and Patrick Beverly takes double digit shots, you should just go ahead and turn in your jersey. Cause like, you don't deserve to be on the team, in my opinion. If you don't take twenty five shots, Patrick Beverly takes thirteen shots. Whoever the who in your opinion, who's the best player on this team? In your opinion. Anthony Edwards. Patrick Beverly took the same amount of shots as the best player on the roster. Are you kidding me? Unacceptable. He took five threes and didn't make any of them. Unacceptable. (laughs) And Towns is watching all that happen? This is crazy, man. (laughs) Only two free throws. He didn't even get to the line. He threw the game, honestly. (laughs) <laughs> what else do you call that? Uh, I don't know. We in Minnesota now? You're not? At home. You seem to be... You. They left you in Memphis. At home. You take four shots. I, I'd have booed if I'm at the fucking game, to be honest with you. <laughs> you I couldn't cat. fathom... <laughs> I couldn't fathom going to a Wizards game and Bradley Beal took four shots in 30-plus minutes. Nas Reed, Nas Reed took five shots in 10 minutes. That just that just irks me. I didn't even pick he, that <laughs> Reed's shot attempts. And he also had five fouls, so that throws the foul excuse out the window. And it's all like, bro... The refs don't have anything against you. You're fucking hacking. Yeah. You're putting yourself in awkward positions where we've known any basketball player who's watched or played in the league knows you're not getting the benefit of the doubt. And how many times are you going to get called for that arm lock thing that they do? He got He's gotten called for it at least three times a game. Bro, three it, times this game and three times the every game. The other two games. He's been called for it every game. Bro, and then arguing like, about it every time. It looks like he, only his fucking arms are strong. Because mm-hmm. any time he tries to use his body, he can't move a soul. Right. So that's why he's always driving out of control, getting offensive fouls. You know what I kind of put together watching this game? 
is Carl Anthony Towns is a fucking center. Every three games, every single play he's made has been a small forward. He's made a small forward play in every aspect of the game. Yeah. He's rebounded like a small forward. He's attacked like a small forward. He's popped out like a small forward. He's defended mm-hmm. like a small forward. You're right. And I he's agree. not and that's not his position for those wondering. <laughs> Not at all. I, I don't I think, understand. In Cal- I think I would have saw more effort out of Jake Lehman in this game. <laughs> For sure. Effort completely. But, like, again, Anthony Edwards is a second-year player. Cat, you've been in the league so long. Yeah. That, to me, was the most, like, you've been in the playoffs. You've been around. No maturity whatsoever. Nope. And that's where we're at. Yeah. Down 2-1 because of that now. A bad 2-1. You you split at, split away. Um, great. Great split away. And then you come home and you get worked. Lose. I mean, being up 26 and losing is getting destroyed. Yep. In my opinion. It's by worse 10, than... By the way, you didn't lose by like a last second shot. They, they were right. approaching blowing you out. Right. Yep. All right. Let's. <laughs> oh, so what do you what do you uh, predict for the rest of that series? Anything special? I just don't trust a team that young to respond well to a loss that demoralizing. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll obviously see what they're made of this next game, but I mean Memphis is just too complete for them. They're too disciplined. They play to their players' strengths way more. Yeah, they do. And they don't settle. And another thing about Memphis, all the players know their strengths, and that's what they do. I'm not – I think a lot of the Minnesota guys, they don't even know what their strengths are. No. Because pa- Patrick Beverly should know he shouldn't be taking five threes. After the third miss, he should be done with threes for the night. Three they in got, a row. They got a lot of cool, guys imitating other positions. I don't know what position McDaniels plays. I love how he plays. I have no no idea what position he plays. So I don't know if they use him right or not. I just every time I see him play, I just know I think he can do more than what he does. So And what the hell is deloading doing? Just jacking. How do they have a point guard out there and I'm begging like please get a point guard on the floor? I know. He's not a good point guard. No, he's not. He's good scorer, and he is a good passer, but he just the decision-making isn't there. There's times he should be setting up offense, and he attacks. There's time he should attack, and he backs up and holds the ball for 10 seconds. You know, it's it's strange. It's just he doesn't get the tempo. Shot selection is so bad. Shot selection is terrible. Terrible. Especially when Towns... <laughs> What's their coach's name? Finch? Jenkins, I thought. No, that's Memphis. Yeah. I yeah, Jenkins is Finch. Memphis. Chris Finch for Minnesota. Um, Finch needs to tell Towns, like, look, man, are you going to be a guard or a center? But we can't have you both in the same game anymore. Like, it's, it's not working. He has to pick one. Because if he's standing at the three-point line right next to Russell, and Russell's jacking contested threes, they're not going to win the game. Jared Vanderbilt... Has played good in all these games. I don't think he's had like a real bad game, 
But he's not a rebounder. Nope. Not an elite rebounder. It's just not his game. So they, they as an organization should be ashamed that they let Tyus Jones go. <laughs> they should be ashamed that they let D Rose go. I mean, there's guys not even doing impact as Tyus Jones that they let go. They they should be ashamed. I mean, I just I, I I'm shocked. This team this team has guys they're inexperienced, but not all all a lot of their guys have been in the league. Yeah, they've been in the league for a while. Deloading has been to the playoffs. Cat might have not been a lot, but he's seen what the playoffs look like. Right. And no no leadership, no poise of any kind. Yeah, and I feel like Pat... And Pat Bev, I think maybe his last three ISOs were out of frustration. But as a leader, as as a veteran on the team, you don't do that yourself you go set up anthony edwards and say look man you gotta go go you don't say all right y'all ain't going i got this then or like forget y'all i'm i'm gonna try to win this game that's not how you do it yeah just not edwards is settling a lot but i'd rather him have the ball than beverly all day i've seen him hit a lot of shots that he settles for so yeah you know all right moving on let's go to Let's go Denver and Golden State. Um, I joked with you about this because I know uh, you've been hesitant to bet on Golden State this year. Yeah. Um, we both praise Jokic. Not that much this year, but we both know so, that Denver has a pretty solid team. and Jokic Overachieved. Is, they've overachieved, yeah. But we, we both felt that Golden State overachieved a little bit as well. Given you know the injuries and uh, you know just the situation, guys coming back from injuries and everything. I think I picked Golden State in five in this. Oh, you were completely right on this series. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Golden State is sweeping Denver. They are destroying them. I didn't. I did not think yeah. that it was going to be this easy. I really didn't. Um, I didn't know how healthy Draymond Green was. I'll just say that in my own defense. Draymond is strapping Jokic. Holy shit, dude. Jokic, Jokic is having a tough time, dude. He is in his head. He's got Jokic rattled. He's been ejected. Um, he's, you know, gotten texts. I think in every game. I don't think he got a tech uh, last night, but every other game he's gotten a tech. I mean, and then the, the pool party... Featuring the Splash Brothers has just been just amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. Pool just said, okay, that's cool. I don't need to be most improved. I'll be the first all-NBA out of those guys. Obviously, other than Morant. But I'll be the all-NBA. I'll just I'll just win the championship instead. I'll take that instead of most improved player. Because that's how they're playing. They look like a complete championship team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know what's funny about them is how they've kind of ushered a lot of it was thanks to Steph but they ushered the current NBA play style yeah and I believe five to seven years later they're still by far the best at it <laughs> yeah they are. and and almost every single roster has tried to copy them and the way they've integrated guys into it has been so Impeccable. impressive yeah like I 
I'm still shocked that Wiggins looks good out there with them. Uh, to, you know, compared to how he played for Minnesota, I thought he'd need these those post ups, those ISOs. Wiggins is shot better than I've ever seen him shoot threes. He he cuts. He plays great defense. I mean, he does everything they need him to do. Uh, and then you know, Poole, a young guy that just um, I loved Poole in college, but I don't think anyone thought he'd be like this on the Warriors. Nah. And they've tried this with people. They've tried it with McCaw. Um, Ian Clark had his moments. Toscano Anderson. Toscano Anderson is he's still there? They just he's out just falling out of the rotation. And I believe it or not, I've seen moments in these games where I'm like, oh, Toscano could be in there right now. They don't need him. Pool. <laughs> Poole is just taking over, man. Starting on this team, it's just, it's just tough, man. I, they're they're tough. Uh, you know what? I don't see the winner of Memphis and Minnesota having a, a shot. If I mean Golden State's not gonna, they're gonna win this series. They're up three zero. I don't know if they're gonna win the next game. They're gonna win the series, obviously. Uh, I don't have the two seven having a shot. I'm not sure if I have anyone having a shot the way they're playing. Yeah, Denver's has been a good team this year. Denver is just like they're trying to pick apart their team defense, and mm-hmm. and I would have told you that's the wrong. Which, to be honest, I don't know what they could do because again, your one reliable mismatch is being guarded by a Hall of Fame defender. Yeah. So you know, and they've tried compared to unlike Brooklyn, they've tried to do different things, run different plays. Yep. But it's just, they don't have the size. They don't have the consistency. It looks like a team that's never been in the playoffs. And they have. I just, the Warriors, I just think the Warriors are playing like too fast for them. They are. By the way, shout out to Boogie. Boogie's played great in the series. Yeah. He's played fantastic. I they, think they don't play Morris in... has played well. He has. I think Morris and Boogie have played great. And they they're not gonna get their shine because they're getting blown out. But everybody that every time Boogie gets in there, he exposes whoever is guarding him. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then Monty Morris has been able to find spots and distribute the ball well. But sorry, <laughs> they weren't invited to the pool party. You know what the key difference from the Warriors to everybody else is? You say live you live by the jumper, you die by the jumper. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather die by the jumper when I know everybody on the roster is going to make the extra pass. Yeah. It yeah. Um, Again, I could be exaggerating, but just watching Golden State, it feels like they never miss an opportunity for an extra pass. I, I was just about to say, I've never seen someone open that didn't get the ball there. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes... You know, guys are, are clapping or they're like this and someone shoots it and they're like, oh, I was open. I've never seen that. Yep. They, Whoever gets it is the most open person who has the best chance for the shot. Obviously, other than Steph, who may shoot it in double coverage because he's feeling it. No one else, though, ever is yes. without an open shot. Yes. And that's... And Poole... And the oh, greatest shooters of all time, the two two of the greatest shooters of all time are setting that culture. They are. Because, again, I'm the greatest shooter of all time. I don't got to make every extra pass. Right. Steph Steph forces shots, 
But again, when guys are open, he's not missing them. Mm-hmm. And it goes for everybody on the roster. Pull, maybe he's forcing shots because his confidence is insanely high. When mm-hmm. Gary Payton's open, he sees him. Yeah. That's what's been surprising to me. I've seen Poole get it after hitting three shots in a row, steaming hot. I've seen him get it. Clay's open. He gets it to Clay. Steph's open. He gets it to Steph. You know, he some of his drives may be a little forced. Maybe he can kick it out on the drives. But as far as jumpers, I've never seen him take one and, like, man, he could have he swung that. Exactly. No. Exactly. And every other team in the league. That's what surprises me the most. Every other team in the league, shot. at some point, I'm like, you know, that dude's open. You could have moved it more. Golden yeah. State, never. Yep. And they also and don't I, come down and just don't move the ball. Every play, ball movement. Yep. Yep. And and that's what surprises me the most um, with Poole, is that as a young guy, he's a hot shot, he's getting all this press. He's on fire, getting 30s, 40s, starting for the first time, and he still is humble enough to play with the team. Yep. I, I was thinking some of the other guys, the young guys that that we have up there as far as like um, the younger guys that are taking over, uh, um, Edwards, Anthony Edwards, Jalen Green, um, you know, guys like that, I, I don't. I wouldn't see them doing that. No. There's no way Anthony Edwards would make the extra passes that Poole makes as hot as Absolutely he is. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. And Jalen Green, I mean, he he can get 40, and probably he can make all the shots in people's face, but I, don't, I wouldn't see him making that extra pass like Poole. I yep. just wouldn't see him fitting. So, uh, I I've, I think that's been amazing. And, di- and Golden State isn't even going as deep into their bench as they could. I mean, I've seen moments where I could see Lee out there. I could see... I mean, they haven't even unleashed Kaminga yet, who I think may make a big difference in one of these playoff games soon. Um, just young legs. He's He might be the most athletic player on the roster. Above, uh, I've seen good moments, defender. Very good defender, yep. And fearless. Yep. I've seen moments, man, if Kaminga gets out there... I've seen that, and they haven't even needed it because game's already over most yep. of the time. So. It's no exaggeration to say Golden State has played better basketball than any other team in the playoffs so far. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's not yeah. even, like, close. Right. And you're getting, what, uh, 90 points between three guys every night? Three guards every night? Is this hard to beat? Most of these teams only score 110 points in these games. 100 I, points. I don't even think. I Honestly... The way Golden State's playing, even if Jamal Murray was healthy out there, it, it still probably would have been 3-0. Might have been worse, to be honest, because <laughs> there would have been more bad shots taken and less defense. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, because Murray's a torch, and better him taking bad shots than, like, Austin Rivers. That's true. Or Capazzo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like Golden State's guards have just made Denver's backcourt look bad. What's left? Of yeah, it. they have. They have absolutely. All right. Uh, let's get to. This is probably the most surprising series, and that's Dallas in Utah. Dallas is up two one, missing Luca in all three games. By the way, they came to Utah, beat Utah at home. 
Uh, Jalen Brunson looks like the best point guard in the NBA. <laughs> um, Donovan Mitchell has actually been playing well in most of these games. At least in, in my opinion, I think he's played pretty well. But Dallas is. Did you watch? Did you watch? Uh, like yes, a little yes. bit, ex- not just like the basic NBA highlights. A little bit more, more yeah, of I the did. baskets. I watched the full every basket. Yeah. Okay. Good. This this is we're talking we're talking about, about game three. We're talking about an elite defensive team in the Utah Jazz. That's what I've been told. That's what the stats say. Yeah. Um. I, I talked about this last year. They don't understand the playoffs. No, they don't. They don't understand what it takes to get stops in the playoffs. No, they don't. And and really watching Jalen Brunson's baskets, you notice a, a key flaw. They're they're attempting to strap him in the paint. Right. And he's a mid range scorer. And he's six feet tall. Yeah. You're you already lost. He's in the paint. <laughs> right. Dallas plays nothing but shooters and you're letting the tiniest player on the team, the primary ball handler, get in the paint anytime he wants. Yep. And to his left hand anytime he wants. Yeah, Quinn Snyder the early early in the series in the coach's interview talking about Oh man, Brunson's tough to stop and go both ways. Coach, he's only going left. Yep. You haven't doubled him once. Finney Smith has shot lights out. He's three games in, he's still open. Kleber has shot lights out. Three games in, he's still wide open. For some reason, Powell is a lethal role threat. I I didn't know that, but I guess Utah's (laughs) made him one. <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie. Every time he drives, you know he's looking to bump. You know he's looking to get the foul. We didn't read the scouting report, apparently. Or we haven't watched any games of him for the last three years. I mean, Utah. We can't. Why can't we match up with anyone? Not a soul. I don't give a fuck if the help side is there every time. If Brunson is getting in the paint, somebody's getting open shots. Yep. You're putting your elite defender, your assignment guy on Brunson, and he's living in the paint. Quinn, we don't see a problem there. Yep. Like you said. Quote, unquote, elite guy. Like you said, Jalen Brunson has looked like the best point guard in the league and it wasn't an exaggeration. No. It's not. Elite defense, my ass. Gobert still can't switch on anyone. I don't want to hear anytime, nothing about Royce O'Neal's defense. Anytime Brunson switches off to Gobert, he like gets so excited. Excited. And, and it's a highlight. Like It's a ball-handling highlight every time. Yep. Bro... And, and you're talking about you're getting torched, Royce O'Neal, the elite defender. We talking about few shot, thirty minutes. He couldn't even get a fucking shot, bro. Couldn't Zero. even get a shot off. And watching the the condensed game, 
In the second half, three times, Donovan Mitchell saw him wide fucking open and said, I'll take a tough shot. No, thank you. Yeah. The team doesn't even and, trust him. And that's that's not good pressure that you have to put on your best player at all. It's not. Your best player shouldn't feel like he can't swing it. Because, you know, truth be told, he's also their best playmaker. I mean, and I don't, I can't feel confident that I could swing it to you at all. So. I mean, like, if if this isn't, um, like, a glaring advertisement that Quinn Snyder has to go, that this, this, like, this roster is just not good. It's not it. Your bench is dependent on one guy. Versatility, none of that. Right. None of that. And then the, Go ahead. The other guys you have on the bench, because of the one guy you depend on on the bench, the other guys you have on the bench don't get to do anything. Useless. Yeah, because, I mean, Daniel House has had a good career so far in the league. They can't use him if they, he doesn't get the ball. They put him out there to take two shots. Yeah. And he still and, and contributes. Like, he still does. And he still looks, to be honest, he still looks good every game. I'm like, wow, look at Daniel House. He's playing well. Even if he does nothing, he looks like he's playing well most of the games. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If they don't start House over Royce O'Neal next game, I probably won't watch that shit. <laughs> Honestly. I'm laughing because you and I both know they're not going to do that. <laughs> They're not going to do shit. And they should. They're not going to do shit. Bogdanovich is eating, and it's not opening up the offense for anyone else, Quinn. Is there not a problem with that? Bogdanovich will play. He plays deep corner, you know, plays on the baseline, and it's not, I mean, it's good to score from, but it's not good to help your team get more points at all. Because you can't make a play from the deep corner. It's just not a place to make a play from. At all. Yeah. And, so, and last but not least, might be a hot take, Conley's not a fucking starter. <laughs> and he hasn't been trash. He hasn't been trash. I'm not saying no, he's, he like, awful or whatever. He's no. not a starter. He can't guard starters. He can't consistently contribute in any way. And he really, you don't know what he's going to do. He just does random shit out there. He does. That one, I think it was the third quarter, second quarter, he came out, like, they came out of a timeout, and he had, like, the nicest play, maybe of his entire career, the, like, doubled cross behind the back, alley-oop to Gobert. Yeah, reverse finish. That might be the greatest highlight of Conley's entire career. And then, for the rest of the game, he was trash. (laughs) Like, he did nothing else good for the rest of the game. He still... uh... He blows my mind with the open layups. Yeah. I just, I can't. It, so many with both hands. Like, maybe maybe you should lock in on one hand so you can finish more consistently. Right. I, I haven't seen moments out there where I didn't think Rudy Gay could contribute. Um, He's not even At this point, Ale- Alexander Walker would look better than uh, Royce O'Neal. He just... You're so, putting a bench out there just for Clarkson to like get his get his shots in, get his yeah. reps in. Pascal came in actually looked really good in this. <laughs> yeah, game. and it's taken three fucking games to get to Pascal, who we've talked about for years is a solid player. 
But it's taking like 85 games to get to <laughs> to play because he barely plays in the season either. Barely. Quinn Snyder's trash, bro. He's letting Jalen Brunson look like all NBA. Finney Smith looks like a fucking top tier uh, and, 3 and D player. It, it's just sick. And with the rotations, the thing is, he acts like his team is like Boston's where he has two guys that are capable of getting 40 any given night. And he has, you know, the defensive player of the year and probably a future defensive player of the year playing at center. And Horford, who's been all defense, I'm pretty sure multiple times in his career, he acts like he has that kind of team where he only has to go seven deep. No, you don't have that squad. You know what's You start Royce O'Neal, who doesn't even take a shot in a game. Useless. He might as well have been in the Dallas jersey. Yeah, I mean, he's hack every time he even was close to getting a stop foul. I mean, yep. again, again, we're trying to strap. And Donovan Mitchell got that work too, by the way. I I didn't miss that. He did, and Jason Kidd apparently said he wanted to attack Donovan every time down court. Again, probably to get him in foul trouble. Donovan is trying to like he lets him get in the paint, and then we're trying to get a stop. Right. That that shit made me sick. I'm like, dude, how? But the other thing is how Quinn Snyder uses Donovan as far as like how much he has to play defense. It's not what you, not a pressure you're supposed to put on your star player at all. It's not. Not not to mention. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I just think like Donovan is such a versatile player and he's playing three games. He's played one way Mm -hmm. with the ball. Right. You're kidding. You got a, a point guard who's played 15 years. You got guys who've been in the league a long time. You got a guy eating. You can't put Donovan off ball a little bit? Yeah. They they can't because the rest of the team's not making it possible. They need to And not being at least up. good enough for, I mean, for them to shoot this bad at home. I mean, Donovan one for eight, Conley two for seven. And again, I mean, I'd, I'd I'd give them a slight pass because Dallas has shot the ball very well these last two games. They have, but it's it's guys are open though. I know. I talk about this all the time. If a guy is hitting consistently, we can't just leave him open. Grant Williams just went perfect. Yeah. These guys now, like the way the league is, scrubs are coming in with Josh Green made three straight threes in the first time he checked into the game. Yeah. You you got to get out on shooters. That's the only thing Dallas could do right now. Right, and the thing is, if you're not going to get out on a particular person, like never get out on him. Like if you want Josh Green to beat you, go ahead and let him beat you, but don't Okay, he hit three. Now we're going to go out there and we're going to leave Brunson to go out there. So now Brunson can go off. Like, you Just commit. If you're going to let one person beat you, commit to it. Like yep. Boston did with um, Bruce Brown. Go yep. ahead and get 40, Bruce Brown, if you want. We're never coming out there. We're going to stay with Durant and we're going to stay with Kyrie. But um, Utah doesn't do that. No oh, commitment. we're going to let Josh Green beat us. Oh, Josh Green hit three threes. Maybe he's going to beat us. Let's Now let's focus on him. Oh, now we left Kleber. He's hit four threes. Now let's try to get back to him. Oh, now Reggie Bullock's wide open. So you got to commit to something on defense. I see no commitment to them on defense. Nope. Other than just not letting uh, their guards get into the paint 
Go ahead and let them in the paint. You have the two-time defensive player of the year. That's where you want them to go, into the paint. We don't want threes and mid-range jumpers. We should force them to the paint so they have to go against the best center in basketball to them. And Gobert, by the way, was awesome in game one. He was. Awesome, blocking everything, contesting everything. But when you're you're not like you're not like you said you're not sending guys to him, right? You're making him useless because you're forcing him to have to switch out on people, which for years has been his weakness. I know, and I think I want to say it was um, either Shaq or Kenny made this point too. Everyone would switch except for me. I think it was Shaq said everybody would switch unless it was me having a guard to guard and I wouldn't switch. I would say I'm not going out there. You want me to edge or you want me to stay, but I'm not switching. Yep. Why is that so hard? Fucking and none of these, no one on Dallas is like a behind the screen shooter. Like the screen comes, they take one dribble behind it and get a shot off like Steph. No one on there is like that. Yep. Most of them are all, they're all catch and shoot shooters. Dorian Finney-Smith, I'm not sure if I've ever seen him make a jump shot off the dribble. In my life. He's making him now because you let I mean, him fucking be wide open all series. Yeah, if you hit, let me hit two threes, my shot is good now. Right, I now mean, I'm I can, feeling it. Yeah, but those guys, Clever, he doesn't shoot off the dribble. None of these guys are like, no. guys, you have to, oh, get on him, get on him, switch. None of them. No one's even that quick on there other than Brunson. It, it's just bizarre that Brunson has outplayed everybody in this series. Utah is the first team in this, in the whole season, this 21 to 22 season, that um, I've seen, like, let Bertans look like an NBA player oh, in the game. Dude. Now, I haven't watched all the Washington games, but since he's been on Dallas, I've seen a lot of the games, and no one has let Bertans, like, come out there and look like he deserves to be on the court. They usually Seven. gets out there, and immediately they start dogging him. Utah didn't. So good for them. Uh, they're down two one. They could win this, and you know. But going game seven, I, I told you. I Luka told you last back, episode. Worst case scenario, and they're fucking living it right now. They are, and you were right. I mean, you were absolutely right. It was the worst case scenario, and I just never thought that would happen. I never thought they would lose at home without Luca on the, out there. It just, it, I talked about with the, uh, with the jerseys and the the uh, the gradient t-shirts in the crowd i mean come on man you lose it's terrible again not being able to figure out brunson is just i got he's a good player he's capable of going off but like he's torching your guys yeah he's specifically torching mismatches that that's how you lose in the playoffs quinn snyder you've been there a hundred fucking times i would expect you to know that they have Quinn Snyder's getting out coach. Let's just call it what it is. He's getting out coach. Every Brunson year. is playing really. Brunson's playing really good, but Jason Kidd is 100%. way. I mean, he's blowing Quinn Snyder out of 100%. the water as a coach. Um, I mean, Dallas has someone who can't go left and someone who can't go right, and they both dominate. They're the two best players on the team. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I, hope, uh, I hope Luca comes out there. I, I think it, I'm not sure if it's next game or the game after. It just wraps it up. If this team goes to the finals, <laughs> Ooh, you, uh, Dallas. Dallas, it's possible. It is possible. 
They can't beat Golden State either, though. But <laughs> it's it's very possible. Golden State could have an injury. I don't think they can beat them, but it's possible. Uh, moving on, let's go over to Philly and Toronto. Other series I was very wrong about. Philly and Toronto? I, I believe I picked Toronto in seven. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I don't think you did. I think you were. I thought you were joking when you said that. <laughs> you know what's crazy is I've been right about only Harden. But Harden has not been playing that bad. He's not been playing fantastic, but he's he's playing well enough for them to win the game. He, he's not game. been like garbage. I'll give you that. Yeah, he's he's, he's contributing been a, well. A, a solid playmaker. Yeah, but he still looks like he's not a mismatch, like you know, like he's supposed to be. Right, but in his defense, Toronto's probably the second best defensive team in the East, right. like man to man defense. Because I, I mean, everyone they got OG Siakam, uh, Gary Trent; those three are great defenders. Philly, Philly. First of all, the Tyrese Maxi explosion in Game One came out of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere. Like, he heard them talking about pool and said, watch this. Yeah, bro. He, I mean, he looks like a starting guard. He does, scoring-wise. But I, I will say this. To Harden's credit, I think Harden helps him a lot. Him, I think Harden be, being there is perfect for Maxi. Maxi doesn't have to worry about being a playmaker. Doesn't have to worry about being a passer. He gets a lot more spot-up shots than he, than he did before they got Harden. Like... Max used to have to come up and like dribble into a three. Now he passes it and he gets it back. He's open from Harden driving or from them having a double Embiid. So I will say I think Harden helps him get off more, maybe more games. But Max is just he's been great all season. But to do it in the playoffs against Toronto, like I said, a good defensive team is very impressive. Very impressive. A number of interesting points from seeing this so far. Toronto's offense is fucking ugly. It is. Why is it is. why does it's it's bizarre? Kyrie Irving is not even a real point guard, and Van Fleet hogs the ball significantly more than him. Yeah, he does, and takes like degree level ten degree of difficulty shots. I mean, most like. Of the time. And keep, that's been my problem with him all along. They keep playing offense like Van Fleet is an all-around, can-do-it-all guard. They do. That's not him at all. Um, they keep feeding Siakam like he's like a walking mismatch. He's not. They feed Gary Trent like he's Clay Thompson, and he's not. And he's good. I like Gary Trent. He is. Look, he's just not a go-to shooter he's not like a sharp shooter he hits good he hits threes he can shoot but not a sharp shooter by any means and van vliet is just a just jalen brunson with better range to be honest yeah it's a good it's a good description brunson's a little more physical uh but van vliet does make like crazy layups more often than you would think but he shouldn't be taking them brunson just chooses not to take them because he doesn't need to. Neither does Van Vliet. I don't know why Van Vliet goes as deep as he does into the bat, like to the basket. I don't know. But you're right. He does make spectacular layups a lot. Their their problem 
and, and I like their group. I, I would like to them not to really drastically change their personnel for two years. I agree. Obviously, you know, if if like a big trade or a big free agent comes up, obviously you go for that. But I, I I would like to see how some of their players develop over the next year or two. Me too. I mean, I think OG and OG Ananubi has one of the greatest, one of the best like developments in the league. Yeah, that hasn't I never hear anyone talk about. Yep. But I thought he was trash yep. when he came into the league. Hundred percent. And that's why I'm super strong. Um, go ahead. I, that's why I'm excited about them because some of their, pl- a lot of their players have progressed really well. They have. Like Gary Trent looks like a great player. Obviously, Siakam mm-hmm. has gotten better over the years. Mm-hmm. I just think right now they don't have enough versatility. Uh, okay. With with the way they could play offense, because yeah, they're. Yeah. Again, they don't have like a, a real reliable ISO threat, and that, that's what I mentioned when you asked me the other day. That's what I mentioned. That was my biggest thing for them. Yeah, and I just I thought they would get better possessions for Siakam. I didn't think he would just be like top of the key Durant plays. <laughs> that has been really kind of gross to me, but. Their and wings, he really doesn't have good handles. No, it's just that. the right in and out, and we're trying to force it or pull up, you know, yeah, or pretty, spin into it. Pretty a shot. easy to figure out. Yeah. Um, but I just their wings don't dribble the ball well enough to me. No, and this is why Gary Trent plays the two and not a point guard because he's a point guard height, but his ball handling skills, even in Portland, yes. just wasn't it. They they couldn't figure out how to have him in the game without having Lillard in the game at the same time. Yes. And, and what it creates over the series, it's created this, like, I'm again, I'm mad that Van Fleet is ball hogging. I'm mad Siakam is forcing ISOs. Mm-hmm. But your possessions don't look good when the other guys are trying to make plays. Right. And that's where I think, again, Scott Barnes, who's got, who got hurt rookie of the year, mm-hmm. he can't really dribble it much at all. No, he can't. In two years, if he has an Ananobi progression, mm-hmm. I mean, they have two elite role player wings. Phoenix has that, and they're dominant. Yeah. The defense is good enough. It's been good enough. Mm-hmm. The last piece of the puzzle, and I, San Antonio, we talk about this a lot, you got to get front court presence. Yeah. Kim Birch is not getting it done. <laughs> Kim Birch is a good backup. But Achua yeah. is like six nine, yeah, and he's expanding his perimeter game because I guess all bigs are just doing that now. But and it looks good. It does look good. He he's looking more like a forward. The more I'm seeing him, I don't know how they get those forwards to be such good shooters. Like even yeah. Boucher is a yeah. great. I mean, he's turned out to be a really good three point shooter. Yeah. Um. Obviously Siakam, and then now, like you said with. Precious. I mean, like to me, I would overreact with Nick Nurse from this. Like, I, I really don't think there's much more he could have done. No, I don't think so either. And to your point, the, with Gary Trent and Van Vliet being your two starting guards, they're small, and you have two. I mean, Maxi and Harden are both bigger. I mean, big guards. I mean, Maxi is yeah. a really good size guard. He's long, really long arms, athletic. 
This is not not a good matchup at all. Yep. And Harden's not even supposed to be a point guard, obviously. Danny Green comes in. He's like a small forward on, you know, 10 years ago, Danny Green would be a small forward. Now he's a shooting guard for this team. Tobias plays every position. This is not a good matchup for them at the uh, wings it's just, at all. It's weird because Van Fleet, to his credit, doesn't get cooked as much as you would think. No, he does. I think he plays really good team defense. Yeah, because they you never really see them ISO him. Right. I think he he finds a way to uh, you know lead guys into the help very well. Um, but yeah, he doesn't get cooked. No, no one on there really gets individually cooked. Anybody I mean, other who's than been MB. guarding, yeah, Embiid. Again, that's yeah. front court presence. The whole league. That's the whole league, though. Yeah, and but I I thought they would swarm Embiid a little bit more than they have. Yeah, but then like again, like this, got is, shooters. this is why. Yeah, like you said, uh, there's not much Nick Nurse could do because okay, you swarm Embiid, Tyrese Maxey's going crazy, and this is why I said Harden is still going to be important because if you swarm Embiid, you still can't leave Harden because even though he's not playing well now, you never know. You never know the one game you don't think. Oh, uh, you know he may play bad three games, and that fourth game you're like. Man, Harden hadn't done anything the whole series. So you leave Harden, and all of, our, all of a sudden he has 60. Knowing he's capable of getting, <laughs> of going off any given night, you know that. Everyone all right. knows that. All right, we'll see. We'll see on Harden. <laughs> but I think Tobias has also played underratedly well. He has. He's, he's spread the floor for them very, very well. Yeah. And their depth, even without George Hill, looks solid. Which I forgot to mention with Utah, Niang mm-hmm. couldn't crack their rotation and is now a, a decent player. Niang looks great for immediately. <laughs> he was he was yeah. in Utah for what three to five years. I want to say five. Yeah, I met Niang when he was in college. My, one of my best friends played with him. Niang's a cool dude too, but he we mentioned when he was in Utah, they don't know how to use him. Quinn Snyder sucks. <laughs> Flat out. And the the, wor- the worst part is that they haven't even replaced him. Nope. Like it's one thing not knowing how to use him and trading him, but to not replace him, like getting Pascal, who would have done exactly what they needed Niang to do last year, and just not using him that way doesn't make any sense. Makes it look dumber that you lost him. A lot. I just the more I'm looking at Quinn Snyder's decisions, the more I see stupidity. So. Yeah. Um. But to get back on point. Their rotation, to Doc's credit, has looked really good. It has. Uh, their chemistry looks good, and and beats a monster. If if he's he going to dominate every series like this, Harden doesn't really need to step up. No, he just he's doing he's doing just enough. He just needs to be engaged. That's it. Yep. And get fouled, drive and kick. They're a good team, man. I I think they got a tough test next round, which is going to be a very good. Uh, like gauge for how how good they are. Mm-hmm. Moving forward and for the rest of this playoffs. This, I mean, this Embiid has a chance to make this his year, Absolutely. like his what Yarmus Hakeem last year. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, now let's talk about the games that we're not going to talk too much about because they will be because. You guys will have seen them, and we will not. So, right. 
Miami Atlanta. Uh, first two games, obviously, Miami takes them at home. Trey Young has shot disgustingly bad, but the overall just Atlanta just looks outmatched. They just don't have enough players. They don't really have a starting like number two. Like Trey is out there with no Robin. He's just out there just trying to get the role players to step up with him. And when he's shoot not shooting good, they're not shooting good. It's just both times Bogdanovich has stepped up too late. Yep. Like he he got started playing well once the game was already almost out of reach. Yep. And then they don't play good defense at all. Trey can't guard anybody. And Bogdanovich looks like he's guarding guys and doesn't. And then we got a Jimmy Butler siding in game two. Which me and you have both hundreds of times said on here that Jimmy Butler easily could be the best player in the NBA. Just chooses not to do it every he, night. He and could do this often. He could do it on Atlanta every night. Every night. I mean, it's just, it's just easy. Yeah. I, I, really no weaknesses in his game. Yeah. I mean, the big thing for me is, like you said, defense. It's night and day. Miami is at worst the third best defensive team in the conference. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta is the worst defensive team in the playoffs in the East. And Brooklyn's <laughs> still there, by the way. <laughs> they might be in the whole playoffs, East or West. Yeah. So. And not that's that. A and then mob threat, which yeah, I'm I was going to sure say, and there, Capella really would have helped the way Miami's playing. Jimmy wouldn't have been just going in there dunking every time. Yeah, with Capella yeah, there. I will right. say that. You're right. But yeah, not ha- Capella getting hurt has been a disaster, and we're going to talk more about injuries affecting these playoffs big time moving forward. Yep. But obviously, in Game Two, not having Capella was a disaster. They pretty much found a way to pretty much get Bam. Uh, I mean, you know, get the bigs for Miami out of the game, but. Maybe it's just that they don't need him because they're hitting all the open shots, out outside shots, and the guards are playing great. So yeah, this I this is gonna be a sweep to me. I highly doubt Atlanta will take a single game. We will see. I think they can get one at home, but I don't know. Uh, Milwaukee and Chicago tied up series as we're talking right now. Chris Middleton is likely to be out the entire series, the rest of the series. Yeah. Uh, don't know how that would play in tonight, but moving forward, even into the next series, which could be over early, uh, that's scary for Milwaukee. It is. I, because I, I think, in, in my opinion, it's Middleton, it's Middleton and Drew that win the games for Milwaukee. Greek Freak gets 38 and... 15 every single night like that's no that's nothing no team is gonna stop that there's nothing to prepare for there you could just hope that most of his points are from the free throw line uh you could just hope that he decides to take more jump shots but other than that his his stats are gonna look the same every night but middleton and drew holiday if you can find a way to get those guys out of the game as far as you know isolating them to taking bad shots to not making plays that's how you normally can steal games from Milwaukee that's how Phoenix did it that's how um uh who'd they have that who'd they have a tough series with last year Brooklyn um 
Oh yeah, well yeah, that's how Brooklyn did it. You know, Bro- Brooklyn Greek Freak wasn't shooting as well last year, obviously, but for the most part, when he did play well, if Middleton and Drew didn't play great, Brooklyn found a way to win. Uh, uh, so the final series was kind of the Drew Holiday's example specifically because the first two games CP was just dogging him to yep. old Phoenix. Yep. And then Drew played fantastic in the last two games, yep. last three games. Yep. Uh, so that's the thing. Now you don't have Chris Middleton to focus on. If you could focus on Drew with Chicago having the best guard rotation in the league. Uh, interesting. Very interesting. And both teams, Boston and Brooklyn, both have very good guards. The defensive player of the year is a guard on one of those teams. So I, I think I, that... Uh, it's we'll interesting see. for them. What? We'll see. I'm not saying it's going to be a big hurt, but it's interesting. I don't think Middleton's a big hurt. I think the big hurt was Drew Holiday looking that awful in game two. He did. He looked and awful. they swarmed him. And you remember they before him. the phenomenal performances in the finals, he was awful. Yeah. Uh, so he's got to step up. He's got to step up. But when Middleton is there... It's harder to guard Drew because you have to yeah, run back and forth, of course. running out to Middleton. Yeah, and then with um, uh, Desumo and um, Caruso, Drew. Another problem I have with this, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I am a little, I'm significantly concerned for Milwaukee. I, I don't mm-hmm. really trust Budenholzer's rotation to fix this. No, definitely not. And obviously, you can't make make up the Middleton's entire contribution, but you also can't play Pat Connaughton thirty five forty minutes. No, you can't. And I and that wouldn't surprise me, and it's gonna piss me off. Or Grayson, because right, because you can't. You, like you said, Chicago's guard rotation is too elite to have weak links out there for long stretches. Exactly. And then you let DeRozan get to his spot all night. All night. To the elbow every time. I wouldn't even, honestly, if I let DeRozan get to the free throw line, I wouldn't even contest. Why? (laughs) You're going to foul. He's going to draw the foul. foul. He's going to make this shit anyway. Yeah. So, uh, looking into that series, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Chicago definitely has a chance. Um, And they're in Chicago now, so... Which, again, is only an hour and a half away from Milwaukee. For those who don't know, the hour and 45 minutes by bus. Uh, Moving on to the defending Western Conference champions, runner-ups from last year. Phoenix has lost Devin Booker for at least two games, I've heard. Uh, Series is tied 1-1. CP is 36. 36? 37. I believe he's about to turn 37. 37. CP had the best best point guard performance in a playoff game I've ever seen in my life. Game one? Yes. In a quarter, I should say. Not in a whole game. Fourth quarter. Wow. That was the best quarter I've ever seen by a point guard. I'm with that. But he's not gonna do that every. <laughs> he cannot do that every night, and they'll need him to, uh, because I don't know if the others can fill Booker's 
absence, no. especially with the Pelicans, a young, hungry team, a very good rotation, a by the momentum. way. A lot of momentum. They're back in New Orleans now for the next two games. Uh, they should be concerned as well. Yes, very They concerned. should also be concerned because Booker has had hamstring injuries his entire career. It's been the other hamstring. Now it's this hamstring. So yeah, hamstrings are not good. Like even if he plays from a couple games, he's gonna, you'll likely lose him for another game in another round, right. minimum. And and they're also they're also weird because the soreness, like a sprained hamstring, you never you can't be athletic. You'll get right, and that soreness you'll feel it even if you're healed, and it it kind of messes with your head because I had same thing in my hip flexor. You can be healed, but you still feel like, man, is it maybe is it still sprained? Should I go? Should I make that move? You get that in your head sometimes. So, and Booker, from what I understand, that happened to him last time with the other hamstring. So, you know what I don't uh, think Booker gets enough credit for with Phoenix is his scoring versatility. Mm-hmm. Like. It's not it's not the shots that are versatile, it's how he gets them. Right. Because he's very elite playing without the ball, and moves a lot, comes off a lot of yep. screens. He's also elite with the ball. He could play out of the pick and roll, he could play out of the handoffs, he could create for himself. Good post up. It's a good post up threat. That that's where I, I don't think they could replace him. Right, because you lose probably the ability to run four different sets without him. Yeah. Because him in that set is able to, like you said, do all those things. He can play off the ball, on the ball, post up, uh, spot up, corner, top of the key. It doesn't matter. And no one else on the roster can do that. I will say... There's very few players in the league that can do that. The only way they, in my eyes, can kind of make it up is Cam Johnson and Bridges have to play even better than they already have, which would just be insane. Yeah. But if that happens, I would I will never disrespect those guys ever again. Crowder has to shoot better as well. Yeah, yeah. Cause I, I think Aiton Valachunas and Aiton are I think are gonna cancel each other out this whole series. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, so it is gonna be up to everybody else. It is. And CJ is gonna get his I don't care how good defense Bridges and CP CP are playing. CJ is gonna get buckets. That's what he does. Hey, if if they don't want to be down three one, they're gonna have to figure Ingram out first. Yeah, because yeah. Ingram has just looked just imposed his will that second game. And I mean, I'm not excited about this, but they're talking about Zion coming back this series. I've heard that today. On multiple outlets, that Zion may return in the second game in New Orleans. I, not saying he's going to make a big impact, I'd, I'd but just having. Uh, I get it. I understand that they, if if he's available, they'll play him. Yeah. But this team, this this is a young team that's playing really good defense right now. Yeah. Zion is not helping that. They won't. They won't start him, and I think he'll be someone that. Look, if we're up 15, five minutes left, let's get Zion out there, get him some reps. I don't see him as like a, you know, put him right into the lineup for a yeah, guy off the bench. Yeah, if he's going to be a minute, like, restriction guy for the first 
four or five games, then then I yeah. do love it. Yeah, going if if for some, you know, if by some miracle they make it to the Western Conference Finals, if he came next game, they're not, doing and that. they make it to the Western Conference Finals, maybe he gets in, maybe he does not, get back to not doing that. seventh I can, man. I could promise you that they could beat Dallas. I mean, Dallas is a bad example. Dallas is beat. Very they only need beatable. to beat Dallas. If they beat Phoenix and beat Dallas, they're in there. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I mean, they could. You're right. It's possible. They they probably could beat Utah the way Utah's been playing. To be honest. Could beat Utah. <laughs> yeah. That's so Atlanta would give Utah a run for its money. <laughs> right. So uh, that is our playoff analysis so far. Um, again, we've only watched two games. This is the two games in episode. Some series have been three games. It will be three games for everybody by the time yeah. you hear this. Uh, we will be back next week, sometime early next week, so we can break down what we see this weekend. This is a big weekend. Uh, all the games, basically tonight and this weekend, will really determine the outlook for the rest of the series. I don't see any of these series going in seven. None? I would be shocked. None. If if any, it would be the Dallas and Utah. That's the only one. Yeah, that's looking very seven-game-ish. Right. But, but besides that, I wouldn't be surprised if the rest of them end six or below. Yeah. Um, I hope that one doesn't go to seven. <laughs> I, I hope whoever wins that gets it over with yes that's gonna stress me out the more that series goes on the more it's gonna stress me out yeah yep all right uh thank you for listening please follow us subscribe to us at no clue podcast on instagram um subscribe to us on youtube if you're listening to this on spotify apple anything subscribe to us on youtube as well uh, let us know what you think about the podcast. I've been getting a lot of feedback lately. Um, if you have topics you want us to talk about, especially coming up after the playoffs, we'll need those eventually. We'll touch on Charles um, Coach getting fired. Yeah. Save that <laughs> yeah. for another day. I could bring in a Hornets. Uh, I got a couple Hornets fans that are have mixed feelings about that. Uh, maybe we'll have them as a guest when they talk about it I do as well but we'll talk alright again thanks for listening we'll see you guys next week